0: Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rafe. Tuesday uh, brings us Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross.
1: Morning, Steve. Morning, everyone.
0: Good to see you, mate. And uh, straight into the uh, the game of the weekend, um, what, the, the consensus of opinion on here seems to be that we didn't play that badly. It was just the same old problem. Uh, you know, once again, failure to hit the back of the net, which cost us, but we gave a good account of ourselves at the Etihad.
1: Yeah, I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's a fair summary. Um, very similar to recent games, the games against obviously against Liverpool, Man United, um and City now. That's that's kind of three, three really big games against teams who are uh, or top six teams who are challenging for titles and cups and silverware. Um arguably the, the the three probably biggest and best teams in the in the country at the at the minute, um along with Arsenal. So um I thought it was an encouraging performance. I, I, I did think it was it was relatively encouraging. Um, you know, they the they the weren't dominated, it. I didn't think. Um, you know, you 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 might say that City didn't really have to to get out of kind of certainly third, maybe fourth gear um, at times, which it, it is possibly fair. And it always looked like they could maybe step it up a, a little bit. But um, at the same time, I thought Newcastle, you know, stayed in the game. Were really um competitive, created again like we've like we've talked about, two or three really you know, not just half chances. I mean I'd say, you know, three at least three of those were, were really good chances. Um and didn't make the keeper work, didn't didn't make um didn't take them. And you're not gonna get too many of those. Um against teams of, of Man City's caliber when they come along you've got to be ruthless, you've got to take them. And that was the that was the, the same old story again on, on Saturday, unfortunately. But it was all in all, I thought it was a it was a relatively um encouraging performance. There was some some good individual individual displays and, and as a team it, it um the function quite well. So it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's it's you know you, you can get very negative about about the way the the last kind of month has gone. Um or you can try to be a kind of glass half full uh, person and, and say, Look, it's it's very it's it's not far off clicking again. There's 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 some real positive signs there. Um, it just needs that that little bit of extra quality in, in both eighty-yard boxes.
0: What did you make of Jamal Lascelles' performance?
1: I thought he was excellent. I really, I thought he was very, very good. Um, I think everybody probably had a, a little bit of the. Uh, a little bit of nerves when, when the team was, was kind of announced in, in North Fabian share, who's obviously been a, a, an excellent, um, an excellent performer for, for Newcastle season, one of the more consistent players. Um, and Jamala Sells has taken some stick on, on various different channels with various different parts of the fan base up against Erland Haaland. you know, the, the possibly the, the, the best striker in Europe at the minute or one of them. Um, it it's it, it would have cost a few flutters no doubt about it but I thought the I thought his performance was very very good. I don't think you can you could fault his performance in any way, shape or form. I was delighted for him. I thought it was um it was a great a great way for him to come back in. It was he, he kinda of answered the, the critics that he's that he's had uh, previously He's shown that there's still a um there's still a role for him at Newcastle uh, if he's willing to accept you know, obviously limited limited game time, um, but no, I, I was I was really pleased from I was really delighted because look, he's, he, whatever you say about Jamal cells as a is a is a um, a player, if he's the right person as a captain, the right person to lead Newcastle in the in the, the top four or the top six or or, or whatever, um, I don't think anybody should fault his commitment, his professionalism, the the the, the way that he's. Um, He's he's helped guide the club through some some tricky spells. I think he's been a great servant to the club, and I was there. I was delighted to see his performance on Saturday.
0: Has he created a bit of a problem for himself anyhow? Because you know Lascelles came in did such a great job, but ultimately, from you know our perspective now, it, it gives him a little bit of a, an issue. I mean, obviously Shaw had uh, you know delayed concussion. That was the reason he was he missed out, but. I, I, I don't know whether he can drop the cells after that performance. He, he played really well.
1: He did. He did. I think uh, it's going to be a real interesting one, Steve. you right, because you've got to be fair to players. You've got to be fair to somebody like, whether it's Jamal cells or, or Matt Target or Joe Willick or or ESM or whoever comes in off the bench, off the fringes, if they come in and they deliver and they perform, it's tricky. Look, you've ran teams. Steve, I've ran teams. Admittedly, no any other level that we're talking about here, but it's it's the principles in some ways are, are the same. You know, you've got to be fair to players. You've got to if somebody comes in and does a good job, is it fair to to, to leave them out? So I think look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Sales does get dropped. It wouldn't surprise me in the in the slightest even after that performance. But it has created a, a bit of a headache for, for Eddie Howe and and Jamal Sells Sales and any other player who comes in from the from the fringes. That's all they can do. They can only do. Is, is you know is is make themselves as indispensable as possible to, to try to prove a point to the manager that they should have been playing week in week out anyhow um and to to kind of state that claim for for starting berth the the next time out so yeah it'd be interesting to see what uh, what happens this weekend
0: yeah no it certainly certainly will be I think from my perspective it was just great to see um you know that LaSalle's come in and do such an accomplished job it gives you you know, gives you that option as well. And I mean he you
1: know he, he creates a bit of mayhem in, in the opposition box as well, doesn't he? He does, he does. And you know that that's a that's actually not a bad point, Steve, as well. That's you know, we have talked about Newcastle's weakness on, on set pieces attacking wise recently, you know, that they've they've not um they've not looked at goal scoring threat at too many occasions, even though you've got Cher, Bottman, Dan Byrne, Joel Linton, all you know, six foot plus in there and somebody w- of of kieran Trippier's ability with with his delivery jamal assells gets a, his first share of goals he does create a, a bit of havoc in, in there and, and attacks the ball really, really well um so he does offer a, a, a different a different option i think it's i think it's a it's a it's a it's a good poser for for eddie howard something that he you know he'd much rather be putting jamal assells in there and him having a stormer and then having to make that tough decision rather than you know him coming in and having a bit of a a bit of a, a nightmare. So um yeah I, I think the I think he offers a, he offers plenty at the both ends of the of the pitch um Jamal Asells. Look, we know that we know what weaknesses he's got. He's not as accomplished on the ball as Fabian Shea. He's not going to bring the ball out. He's not going to hit you know 50, 60 yard diagonal passes. He's not going to step into that midfield, break the lines and, and rifle one into the top corner, which we know that Shea can can do on occasions. But what he does have in his locker, Jamal Lasells, is an ability to attack the ball in both boxes. He will—he's um, he, got a physical presence. He will defend ruggedly. You know, sometimes a little bit too ruggedly. He's not the most like you know, like like we said, hes not—he's not, uh, not a Rolls Royce by any stretch of the imagination. But at the minute, Newcastle is suffering for me. that's suffering in both 18-yard boxes. Conceded a few goals from set pieces recently. Don't look like scoring at the other end. So maybe somebody who offers something a little bit different is, is what's is what's needed.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, uh, the problem up front, really, with Wilson, like, what what do you think it is? Do you think it's do you think it's um, just a run of bad form? Because that's what I was saying last night on the fans forum. I just felt that potentially, you know, all strikers go through a, a run of bad form, and maybe it's just as simple as that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it may be. I think what's what's slightly concerning for me with with Callum Wilson is that I think you can you can almost you can understand a little bit sometimes when strikers go out of form in terms of their goal scoring, in terms of you know the 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 they're not as sharp in front of the goal, or the or the you know they're, they're having a bit of bad luck, or there's a bit of a. The kind of um you know or the, the opposite or, or the or that the that teammates aren't creating enough chances for them or on things like that. I think there's I think that's or, or the snatching of things, the confidence goes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've all seen good, very good strikers go through um go through kind of barren spells. You know, even someone as 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 great as as Alan Shearer, I remember Occasions him going through barren spells where maybe it's been six, seven games um, without a goal or, or, or whatever it was. I think that the concern with for me with Callum Wilson also though is that the rest of his player seems to have suffered as well. His hold up, play, He's he's energy. He's uh, he's pressing. He's, he you know I, I I go back to that game at the end of last season against Arsenal when he um, he'd been out for a few for a couple of months I think it had been. And he came back into that game, and he absolutely destroyed Arsenal. Just with his, he, he terrified them with his, his pace, his relentless, um, his relentless pressing, his physical attributes. He just absolutely dominated them. And we're not seeing that with with Callum Wilson at the minute. Um, we're not seeing him, him being kind of prolific in front of goal. He got his goal against West Ham a few weeks ago, but other than that, it's not really happened from. Um, and he missed a couple of good chances in that game as well, to be fair. But we're not seeing that other side of him from for me as well. That 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 kind of all encompassing kind of physicality and strength and and you know running into the channels and an absolutely terrifying centre halves. Um so I don't know if it is a if it is just a, a lack of form, a lack of confidence, or if he's just not physically quite recovered from um the illnesses and the the knocks and the niggles that he had over you know, since he came back from from the World Cup, but whatever it is, he's he's not the same player that he was. Um, he's he's, he's suffering a little bit. I think that then is perhaps uh, suffering, making him suffer in front of goal as well. His confidence isn't quite there, so um, it's an interesting one. And you know, I'm sure Eddie Howe and his coaching team and the medical staff and everybody around the club at the backroom staff will, will be trying to put their finger on it what it is with Callum Wilson. I'm sure Callum Wilson is himself, and you know. I wouldn't bet against Callum Wilson coming back and, and scoring, you know, six, seven goals between now and the end of the season, still because he's, he's still a very, very good player, but he's just not in the in the best shape of um, of form or fitness at the minute for me.
0: Okay, lots of questions coming in. Um, all of them really, roughly about the same. You know, the, the same kind of thing. I'll, I'll read a few of them out. Bates says, "Whilst Wilson's got seven goals so far this season, and has only scored once in the league since the end of October, should the opportunity be passed to Isaac uh, against Wolves?" Chippers says, "Does Ross think it's time for Gordon and Isaac to get a run in the team and drop Wilson or ASM or Miggy?" Tom simply asks, "Is it time to change the formation?" At the weekend, John Askew says, "Should Eddie consider going with Wilson, Isaac, Gordon, and Maxi, or will he just stick to type? And uh, Darren Lee says, "This weekend we should start with ASM, Isaac, and Gordon, so no place for uh, ASM in, uh, in in that lineup." So, is it time for a change? Fourteen
1: games to go, Ross. I think it is. I think it is, Steve. Yeah, I think. I think. Look, what Eddie Howe has always been and is is um has done very well. He's he's been loyal to the players who've um who've served him, who've served him well, who've put in the performances, who've who've scored goals, and even when they've had a bit of a dip in form, he's been he's been loyal to them. Um I think Newcastle's issues now in front of, of goal are getting to the point where something has to be done now, something has to be changed. I think um you know, it's it, the famous saying of you know it's it, the insanity of, of of doing the same thing and, and expecting to get different results. Um, I think it's I think that there needs to be a, a, a real shake up. I was I was surprised that um, Alexander Izak didn't start on Saturday. I really was. I thought it was, I thought after Callum Wilson's performance in the cup final, I thought Izak was was nailed on to start. To be honest, um, I thought he was one of the better players in the cup final when he came on albeit in a in a bit more of a withdrawn role. So for me it was it, it was a surprise that he didn't start. Um it's nice to see Anthony Gordon get a get a um get a start. I don't think he really got into the game too much, bits and pieces in the first half and then and then didn't um and then didn't really kind of click in the in the second half. But I think he needs I think that the, the pair of them, Gordon and Isaac, they've cost a hundred million between the two of them. Let's start them. Let's get them starting and, and find out how to play with them. What the best formation is to get the best out of these two kind of huge, huge signings that Newcastle have made. Instead of putting them on the bench or, or putting them in and bringing them back off, put them in. You know, get them a consistent run of games and find out. Right, this is how this is how we get the best out of Anthony Gordon. It might be on the left. It might be on the right. It might be is a ten. This is how how we need to get the best out of Alexander Isak. Is it is he playing as a nine? Is he playing as a wide forward? Is he playing as a as a second striker? Um, I think I think it's 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 a no brainer for me. <laughs> but I, and that's not me criticizing Eddie Howe. I'm absolutely not. You know Eddie Howe knows more and has forgotten more about football than, than I ever will in, in management and coaching and everything else like that. But um, I, I think it just needs freshening up now. I, I think Callum Wilson needs a needs to be taken out the out the starting lineup. Um, I think Mickey Almiron probably needs to be taking out the starting lineup as well, but I don't think that I'm not convinced that will happen. I don't think he's he's hit his his straps either, but I, I really think it needs a, it needs a um it needs freshening up. I'm going to throw one other name into the mix as well, um which'll will, will probably um get a few comments in the in the chat, but I'm going to throw Jacob Murphy's name into the mix because. I thought uh, he looks—he's looked quite short when he's coming. I don't know if he's maybe he's done, doing enough to, to start games, and I know he's a level below um, so the rest of those players that we've that we've discussed. But he works hard, he delivers good balls into the box. He's—he's he's, I, I I think, and I know anyhow likes him. So I, I'm, I'll just throw his name into the to the mix as well. He's somebody who doesn't who hasn't been talked about, doesn't get talked about, and I can see why because there is more sexier names and, and, and um and, you know, let's be honest, better players. But sometimes it needs something, a little bit of creative thinking. It needs a little bit of a, a different, just a bit of point of difference and something that might just shake it up a little bit. So I wouldn't rule them out completely of coming into a front three. But um, Alexander isak and, and Anthony Gordon, if they are fit between now and the end of the season, they should be starting every game for me, I think.
0: Mm, yeah, it, it's going to cause lots of conversation over the next few uh, weeks, I'm sure. The uh, the, the you know the, the fact that maybe Eddie has been a bit loyal to certain players and Gary Douglas is saying, can I not say that uh, Callum Wilson's been poor? Of course I can, mate. I, I do a show uh, every day of the week on here and um, I, I've said he's, he's in a bad run of form at the minute and uh, yeah, Ross, as Ross says. Maybe it is time to rest him. Um, a lot depends on what he's going to do with the formation and, and how he can how he's going to change things, of course. So we will watch within rest. Look forward to Eddie's press conference on Friday. Uh, as always. Um, Roger says, Is this is this like a last chance saloon for players like ASM, Wilson, and Miggy uh, before the summer?
1: Ooh, that, that's a good question, that Roger. I mean, that is a really good question. Um, I don't know about last chance saloon. No. <laughs> Miggy's just signed a three and a half year contract, which um, which we briefly touched on when I was on last week. And, and I'll be honest, that one that one knocked me a little bit sideways. I thought that was a I thought that was a strange one. Um, you know, yes, he's been fantastic this season, but he's he's had a he had a purple patch, which we ne- which we all knew was never going to last, and we all knew was it you know, was kind of how Can I say this without being kind of what wasn't kind of reflective necessarily of, of the performances that we'd seen uh before or since? So, but he's been given a three and a half year contract. That that intimates to me that he's very, very much a a, a part of the plans going forward. So I don't necessarily think it's a it's a um it's a last chance saloon for for him. Um, but for there is certainly a couple of players, a couple of three or four or five players who have got a bit approved now between the end of between now and the end of the season, because Newcastle are going to go again in the summer, they're going to strengthen again. They're going to look to bring in some, some, um, some exciting, and big near, and high-profile players. They're going to, they're going to look to to move two or three out, and and they're probably going to have to move two or three out, um, also to to, to partly balance the books and help fund some of this, some of this um, this transfer activity. So, absolutely, there's there's some players in that squad. Um, not just the fringe players, not just your, your players who you'd expect to, to move on, some some of the ones who in and around that first team, in and around that starting eleven, maybe ASM, maybe Callum Wilson, maybe one or two others who have got a little bit of proof between now and uh, in the summer.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. Lots of people in agreement that uh, Murphy has uh, certainly made fans think after his cameo roles in the final and against City. Um, I mean, he's, he's always been very unlucky as well in front of goal. He's always hit the post, hit the bar, but he's willing to have a goal. Um, and that that really is, you know, that is something that is, is always good to see, you know, uh, it really is. Um, I'll come to some of these later uh, messages uh, in a bit because there, there was a few questions I wanted to get through uh, Gary Douglas said there Steve why is Eddie constantly leaving it at the 60 minute mark before he makes a change before them subs uh, the, sub, sub, the subs at Man City should have come at half time it's a managerial thing that isn't it Brucey used to do it on 65 it's a weird yeah.
1: thing yeah it is you know you, you, you don't often see managers um, making making deci- making um, tactical changes before then um, having said that you know you can you can say you can say that you can say what you like about about Eddie making them three subs against City. But in the cup final, he made a sub at half time again, you know, Alexander Vizak came in and, and Sean Longstaff went off and, and Newcastle changed formation to a to a kind of four-two, three-one, um, which was a, a bold move and it's something that needed to be done. Obviously 2-0 down in a cup final and, and that was that needed to be a, a kind of um a, a bold, you know, win or bust type of, of move. Um I thought I thought it was I thought it was a bold call. To be honest, I thought he got the I thought he got his calls really spot on on, on Saturday. anyhow I thought, you know, Newcastle were only one nil down at this point. They weren't. They were in the game. They were they were looking relatively um, competitive, and he made this you know this bold triple substitution, bringing on Alexander Isak ASM, and, and I think the third was Joe Willock, wasn't he? Was yeah, it the, third, the third one, yeah. So you have to forgive me, Steve. I was uh, I was holed up in a in a Malaga bar watching the, watching the game. So, my some of my recollections are a, are a little bit hazy, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really bold move and in and, and kind of went for it. Went right, look, one nil down 30 minutes to go, whatever it was. Let's put three attacking players on and and have a go. And, and if the if the finishing had been a bit better, then it would have it would have been hailed as a as an absolute. Master stroke tactical master stroke, you know. Um Joe Linton missing that chance. Well didn't you know not even connecting with it. ESM had a had a uh, no sorry um, Alexander Vizak, you know, looked lively and, and almost made an impact as soon as he came on. Just didn't kind of get that finishing in a touch. As if they had done that that triple substitution I think would have been would have been hailed as a as a as a master stroke. I thought he got his his tactics and his substitutions and his team selection pretty much spot on on um on Saturday, maybe he's bar one Maybe he's bar the, the the Callum Wilson um starting. But it just didn't happen in front of the call and, and there's only so much a, a manager I can do.
0: Yeah, I would agree, mate. Um John Askew asks, are journals likely to quiz Eddie on the set piece frustration, or is it a bit too sensitive? Somebody as well asked a question earlier um about um, journalists potentially asking uh, Eddie about um, Wilson's form again. I mean, uh, j- just just for people out there, um, I mean, you know, I do, a, I do a chat about the press conference anyway, but, you know, when you, when you go to press conferences, Ross, you've been to them before, um, you know, are you, are you, are you told to avoid certain questions, you know, at, at clubs? Not necessarily just Newcastle, but do you get a list of questions you can't ask or is it pretty much ask what you want to ask?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much ask ask what you want to ask, you know. there's sometimes the, the very, very, very rarely. In, in you know, I've been doing this job for for a lot of years, and you know, every now and again there will be something where you're given a steer and said, "Look, this is kind of off the off the table." But it's normally something where it's it's a it's a it's a, a sensitive issue in terms of not sensitive because you know the, the manager might take the, the the hump, but because it's a kind of sensitive. Uh, I don't know maybe it's a disciplinary issue or a, or a, you know do you know what I mean something like that but there's no questions that are that are that are off the table there's nothing that you you, you don't have to submit a, a list of questions that you're going to ask before you go in um you don't get you don't get stopped from from asking something you might you know you might get shut down very very quickly by the manager or sometimes you know occasionally a, a press officer might intervene and say look we're not we're not we're not answering questions on that today but there's nothing set in stone before you before you go in and certainly nothing is is kind of quite is is, is uh, uh, i suppose just just run of the mill is as is a, as a player's form or fitness or or the tactics that that have been uh, adopted i think you know i think you saw you would have seen over over the co- kind of the covid the covid break um when, when journalists weren't allowed into the press conferences and. We, was all done via Zoom calls or or video calls or, or whatever. Um, it became a little bit more tricky for 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 journalists there to, to ask all the questions because they were restricted to to one, and then it was move on to somebody else and move on to somebody else. When everybody's in that in that room together, it's it's a lot more free flowing, and and you know you can follow up on questions, and and you know fellow journalists will then follow up and bounce bounce off off each other as well. So. Um, there's certainly nothing off the off the table, and I would expect Eddie Howe to be to be asked about all all manner of um, all manner of things, particularly when the, the team's in a in a little bit of a, a rut. But equally, he's not going to come under um huge pressure or intense scrutiny or from from journalists because you know it's it's a very difficult you know they're not fighting a relegation battle, they're, they're not they're not you know deep in deep in um in a, a disastrous situation, the, the fifth, sixth in the table, and pushing for Europe, and just just being in the first cup final for twenty-four years. So it's a little bit of context. It's got to be. It's got to be taken. It's very difficult, different to the Steve Bruce situation, very different to when we've seen, you know, explosive press conferences in the past with with Joe Kinnear and Rude Hullett and, and and people like that. You know, so they're very respectful um, press conferences. It's 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 a lot of a lot of People, journalists, interviewers doing their job. The managers and the and the media officers and the press officers doing their job. Everybody working to, together to try and get the, the the best outcome. But there's certainly nothing off the off the table. And we've seen that with Eddie Howe. He's been asked some really difficult questions about the Saudi situation. He's been uh, asked some very tricky questions about um, about the ownership. So you know they weren't vetted beforehand. They weren't told you know you you can and you can't ask this. So. Yeah, it'll be um it'll be it'll be an interesting press conference as they always are towards the uh, towards the end of the week. Anyhow is very, very good at it kind of answering the answering questions and deflecting them and, and not giving too much away. Um it sometimes it doesn't make for the best copy for journalists, it doesn't make for the best sound bites. Um he's not one of those types of, of managers. You know, Steve Bruce was, would give you a lot more uh, headline grabbing grabbing um quotes, shall we say? You know whether How's the big yeah, exactly. Not sometimes not uh, not not through not intentionally, just uh, just in mouth disease sometimes. But um, but Eddie Howe is, is very accomplished with the press, very accomplished with the media, and, and is trusted to to answer any any questions that that uh, that journalists pop in front of him.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, question from Darren. He says, "Any truth in the Kieran Tierney rumours He says, uh, "Doing the rounds for a new left back. Uh, Kieran seems to be always injured. If you look into his injury record, it's not as bad as he, you would think. Um, it would be a gamble spending thirty million pound plus. Is it, I mean, this again. It's a bit early, isn't it? We're in March. Uh, transfer windows, not the summer. Um, it, it's a story that, that you know that won't go away. And, and again, the other one that's doing the rounds is the moment that Roger mentions, is as he calls it, Scottish Scott McNobody <laughs> Uh, Emmanuel cast off. I think he means uh, Scott McTominay, but um, yeah, uh, lots of rumour surrounding other players, and Chip has chipped in with uh, Alex Scott at Bristol as well.
1: Yeah, I mean that the, it's 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 going to be the nature of Newcastle that there's going to be links between uh, between now and the end of the season. It's it is not going to go away, and you know Newcastle of obviously already started their preparations for the for the summer transfer window and there will already be scouting players, they will already have compiled lists, they will already be speaking to, to agents about who might be available and, and um and where the opportunities may be come the window because they want to put themselves in a in a good position. You don't just get to the end of the season or July the first when the transfer window officially opens and then go, right, like now time to, to get down to work. The the preparation and the and the the scouting and everything else has being been done, um, you know, months and months and sometimes years in advance. Um, in terms of that, those three players, Kieran Tierney, my understanding is that he's somebody that Newcastle do like. Um, they've got four currently four left backs, I suppose, if you if you count Dan Burn as a as a bona fide left back. You've got Dan Burn, Matt Target. Jamal Lewis and, and Paul Dummett um, do either of those uh, do any of those four fit the bill at what anyhow is looking for this you know to take the team forward I don't know I would I would expect Matt Target to get a bit of a run between now and the end of the season I don't think there's probably much um, much future at the club um, for for Paul Dummett unfortunately you know being a great servant in, in Jamal Lewis just they're just not in the frame at the minute so I think you know I think it's up. It's really up to Matt Target now on the at left back to to kind of try to to what we've been what we what we talked about before, Steve. You know, one of them players who's got between now and the end of the season to kind of prove themselves, which might sound a little bit daft and a little bit harsh on Matt Target when he's only just signed last summer. But Newcastle need to kick on to that next level, and and um, and they'll be looking to strengthen in, in a lot of positions. Teen is a, a fantastic player. I've said on this on this program before. I think he's I think he's a real real talent if he can get himself fit and get a run of games. He's not in the, the Arsenal side at the minute because um you know of, of the form of, of the rest of the team and Zinchenko and, and players like that. So um he, but he's a he's a real talent and, and I think there'll be a, a few clubs um looking at him in in the summer. Scott McTominay, I like Scott McTominay. I know people don't a lot of people don't that's just an individual preference of mine. I, I think he's a I think he's a, a steady hand. I think he's a I think he's a decent player. I think I think he would um improve Newcastle's midfield in terms of the depth and strength, I really do. Um Alex Scott at Bristol City is is probably the most talked about and exciting player in the championship at the minute, or, or one of the one of probably in the top three. Um there'll be a lot of clubs interested in, in him. Um but he looks like a real real talent. Um so and that's what Newcastle are looking at. They're looking at, at players who are in that kind of age bracket, who who can maybe step up and and, um, and, and deliver in the Premier League as well. So, um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be making inquiries and, and and scouting players and watching players and, and compiling their lists um, already ahead of the ahead of the summer window. A question on the
0: screen from John: Is the next transfer window likely to be our biggest to date? With Europe likely, it might have to be. He says.
1: It's yeah, I think I think it's I think each transfer win is going to be the next as soon as the one one comes around, it's always going to be the next biggest if that makes sense. Um, I think I think it's always got to be a case of trying to improve the squad, trying to trying to bolster the numbers, trying to trying to take make the most of these opportunities. If if the cast are in Europe, if, if if qualify for Europe, um, which isn't a, a, a you know, there's no guarantee of that at the minute, given. Given the form that Newcastle have, have suffered over the last month, and then you know we, we've seen you know like of Brentford, you know, a fantastic win last night um, over Fulham, who themselves are, are doing are doing well. There's 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 teams sniffing around who will, who will look to try and catch Newcastle. But if they do get into Europe, they're going to need you know a good four, five, six, six players just to cope with the extra the extra demands of playing um, playing Thursday, Sunday, or you know if, if if Champions League did come off you know Tuesday Wednesday Saturday Sunday you know it, it becomes quite relentless so um it will be a very very big big window not just be, not, but not just because of Europe just because the club again if have shown how close they can get and, and now know what they need I think to to push on and, and kind of properly challenge the the top four
0: Mm, okay it's, uh, it's definitely Going to be an interesting one That's for certain We definitely need Dead players And Gary Douglas bros, Next time you're In a press conference Ask Eddie Wise Keeping fair With Callum When he's not Finding the back of the net Um, it, You know I, I, I do think That you know A lot of people Do talk about His form It gets asked In a roundabout way Gary It certainly does I've listened to The press conferences Anyway Halfway through The show Time for the ads A big thanks To all our sponsors Skips and Bins You can find them At skipsandbins.com Telephone 0800 25 45 25 3, email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from Mister mrvickys.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Welcome aboard to Frui Vita Getaways. You can email them at getaways at gmail.com. Call or text them, 0792-842-7895. Please join and share their Facebook group as well, at Fruivita Getaways. Book your holidays or short breaks in the UK or around the world with them. Let them find your happy place. ABTA and Atoll registered. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend, Newcastle. And the guys who run our website, NUFCMatters.com where you can buy lots of t-shirts and merchandise If you want to subscribe to the show, hit the subscribe button Underneath this video today, it is free to do so Hit the thumb up to like the video, it's good for the algorithm And click share to share to your other social media If you do subscribe, we do send you a free car sticker To get that, email john at NUFCMatters.com And he'll post you one out If you want to join the NUFC Matters cult, then put your smartphone over this QR code now and it will take you straight there. Alternatively, go to the website, nufcmatters.com and you can join for a one-off payment of £25. You'll receive a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw. You can also join via YouTube and if you click join beneath the video, you will see a variety of prices and how you can support the channel. You can alternatively make a donation with a super chat in the chat tonight. Just click the dollar sign. We're also available on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. We also help the food bank on this show. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you'll find the matchday bucket and you can make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. As always, we've got a whole host of events coming up throughout the year. An Evening with Nobby Solano takes place on Saturday the 25th of March at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets £15. Book now at nufcmatters.com. An Evening with Peter Beardsley at Leamington Labour Club. Tickets are £20, 31st of March. And uh, you can get them direct from the venue. An Evening with Nobby Solano. Good Friday the 7th of April at 4pm. Tickets are at Tenner and available behind the bar at Felling Cricket Club in Gateshead. An Evening with Supermac, hosted by Gibbo at the Time Mouse Surf Cafe, Tuesday the 11th of April, and tickets direct from the venue. This is a limited-ticket event, only 35 tickets available, so book soon. And An Evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson, Thursday the 20th of April, tickets are £15. Book now at nufcmatters.com. In June, Rob Lee will be at Louis Liquor Store in Newcastle, and you can get tickets direct from the venue. And an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark, John Beresford takes place the following evening, Friday the 2nd of June, at the Grand Hotel in Gospeth. This is in aid of the Healan Tour charity, and tickets are available from their website, www.healantour.org.uk forward slash events. And if you're a boxing fan... The Knight of Champions comes to Gateshead at the Fed. Frank Bruno, Ricky Hatton, Nigel Benn and Joe Calzaghi are part of the UK Tour and you can get your tickets from www.goldstarpromotions.co.uk OK, back to the comments. Uh, how much do you think qualifying for Europe might hinder our league prospects next season? This season, we haven't had that burden. Good question, John.
1: It is a good question. It's um, you know, it goes. It, it kind of links into what we what we talked um, about on the on the previous question is that strength and depth and and we've seen that you know in Newcastle once you scratch the surface of, of the of the squads and, and go kind of beyond the first I don't know forty and fifteen then there's a there's a dip in in quality. Newcastle have been fortunate in that they've in the main they've only had to play you know once a week you know the, the odd the odd midweek game obviously but um, the odds. The odd once the odd game you kind of want to you know it's been able to keep a settled team a really structured team you know the back four's barely changed the midfield three's barely changed there's been the odd tweak up up front um putting extra extra games putting another 10, 12 potentially games into a season is gonna put such a strain on on that squad such a strain on the players that we've seen we've seen before in previous years when when Leicester and West Ham and, and a couple of others have have gone into Europe, have challenged for Europe, have, when the squads haven't been quite robust enough, or, or not necessarily robust enough, but the, the in the the clubs aren't set up or, or used to that that uh, cadence of of Sunday Thursday, Sunday Thursday, you know they're, they're not used to that that rhythm of of games as well, and them coming thick and fast, it has affected league form and it has seen seen teams um struggling and you know not be able to, to produce as as uh, stronger performances in the in the league, um, so I, I think I think it is a it's a it's a genuine kind of um, not necessarily concern because you'd, you'd still much rather be in Europe than not in Europe, uh, but it's it's something that needs to be needs to be factored into the planning.
0: Mm. Okay, uh, other questions regarding Europe. Roger Cook says: Is Champions League hunt still realistic given that uh, even an early failure gives another UEFA Cup chance? Uh, Ross. Um, there was another question about Europe as well. Uh, Barry uh, was uh, similar. Yeah, he goes, do you agree with fans, Ross, that Newcastle will look outside of the Premier League for players, stuff the big six, they won't sell it to us anyway. So go to the European thing first. I mean, uh, you know, I'm still quietly confident we will qualify for Europe. Um, Champions League's going to be tight. Um, I think it's a, a battle between four teams. Um, I think we'll know a lot after you know, Wolves and Forest, I think we'll know a lot then. But you know, is Champions League still realistic? And and would you want to finish in a Champions League position, Ross?
1: Uh I don't think it's realistic now. I think that I think that ship has probably sailed. I think there's too many other teams with with um with either momentum, you know, I look at look at Liverpool um recently, or bigger, stronger squads that can cope with this with you know when it gets to this or more experienced squads squads which can cope with um with the the kind of squeaky bum time so you know Spurs aren't in great form but you know when you've got someone of, of Harry Kane's class up up front and you've got you know you've got you've got more than half a chance of, of sneaking a, a one nil win or, or something when you're not playing particularly well so I don't think Newcastle will will finish in the in the Champions League places um unfortunately I hope I'm wrong obviously um and. That, I suppose that answers your second question. Yeah, I would absolutely love Newcastle to to, to get back into the into the Champions League. I'm not I'm not somebody who, who thinks it's too soon. I think you take you take opportunities and you take chances when they come along. You you, you grab them with both hands because it might not come come around again for. For a, a long time, Um so you take those opportunities when you can. You don't pass them up, and you don't know, say. So yeah, for me, I don't think you can. You can afford to go. Oh well, you know, we don't really want Champions League anyhow We're not quite ready for it. You make yourself ready for it. You you get in the Champions League. You get extra revenue. You attract a, a higher caliber of player to the to the club, and it just it, it boosts your profile, boosts your your finances, boosts your FFP, um, uh, potential. So. I'd absolutely love Newcastle to to get into the into the Champions League um, and the whole glamour and finance and um, magic that comes with it for for those of us who've, who've been lucky enough to to see Newcastle play in that competition previously
0: uh alan thompson pointed out that the uh, the contract that uh
1: miggy signed means we'll probably get a lot more for him in the summer uh, which is a yeah, skeptical way of looking skeptical way of looking at it a, it is skeptical but it's it's a fair it's a fair point as well i'll be honest it has crossed my it has crossed my mind myself you know you you, you tie somebody down extra uh, so contract means that you can you can ask for a little bit more of them in the summer um i'm, I'm not sure if it, if it is the case but uh, you know fair play on it, it, it it's it's something that had crossed my mind as well
0: and players uh, is what Barry's talking about. I mean, do you, do you think we'll probably look outside the Premier League with the reluctance of the big six to sell to us?
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think Newcastle aren't aren't, um, aren't you know aren't unwilling to to look anywhere for, for players that they're, they're quite happy to, to to look in France for a, for a Sven Botman or or a, or a Bruno. They're they're quite happy to to cast the net. To, to different um different areas to Spain for an Alexander Isaac. What I will say is though in, in what they've all what they've shown a, a real preference for at the minute is is players with Premier League experience with with or oh, uh, experience of the English game. You know, Kieran Tribble, Nick Pope, Dan Byrne, um Anthony Gordon, you know the, the the list goes on and on and on. The, 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 a lot of the players that they've been linked with, your Kieran Teenies and your McTominayers and and so on and so forth. The players who've got experience of of the Premier League, experience of um, of English football. Um, that's what they. That's that's one of the preferences that they've that they've certainly had over over um, over recent recent transfer windows because they they want to kind of hit the ground running. But you know. Newcastle are going to have to spread their net as wide as possible to try and get the best young players, try to get the best bargains, try to to um, get players that. Also, that they're the shopping in a different market to what the, the top six are. You know, for all Newcastle's riches still and and the, the the financial uh, benefits that the takeover has has brought, they're still not be able to to compete and spend the way Chelsea have spent. They're not able to to compete and spend, you know, they couldn't go and spend hundred million on a on a Jack Grealish like like Man City or or you know uh, some of the money that Man United have spent over over recent years. Um, then they're still not quite at that at that level yet, so they've got to be a little bit cuter and a little bit cannier with with um with the way that the the trying to resource players. in.
0: Yeah, I think Ian's right here. He says, "Seriously, what were you expecting? Win the league and cup in twelve months from being odds-on favourite to go down?" Yeah, sadly, Ian. The, some of the some of the fans are oh, just ridiculous. I agree with you, mate. hundred percent. It's it, it's crazy. And Gary Douglas, you're right as well. Newcastle are not ready for Champions League, lads. Definitely not. It would be embarrassing. Uh, Jordy Tombalife says, uh, "Of course, the Champions League is still on. We have every chance." Uh, yes, you are wrong, Ross. Um, he also said earlier that uh, Scott McTominay is not good enough for Wigan. Um, <laughs> which, again, I think you would probably... Uh, probably maybe you might disagree with that, actually. Uh, <laughs> not wanting to speak for the chairman, of course. Uh, I'm going to move on to this. So it's just Bob says, are Eddie's tactics now being found out? Uh, They're the same as uh, they were at Bournemouth. Has he got what it takes to change it? Or is it uh, up to some of the players um, that he doesn't know where to play them? Potentially, um, there seems to be this common thread... Uh, that Eddie needs to change it up, do something different, subs at half-time. We don't have the squad to do that, uh, says Ian who well, I'm getting the impression, Ian, you're you're, much, uh, you're very much a realist like me. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, my honest opinion is, Ross, that I think they have been found out to a degree. I mean, that little triangle that was... Doing so well, Bruno Trippier and Almirón. Um, as you know, it's been easy. Man United just marked him out the game. Liverpool mark trying to bru- mark Bruno out the game. He's struggling a little bit with his ankle, which hasn't helped. Because Almirón, um, as we all know, was was in a rich vein of form. He's, he's struggled, and, and Trippier hasn't performed to the best of his abilities since since the turn of the year. So you know, maybe it's a re- maybe it's a, a little bit of that, but also just. You know, coming
1: down to the way that the players have performed, I think it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's a combination of a, a, a few different factors, and I, and I think all, are, all, are, um, all are fair to, to to shout about, but all, probably all factoring together, and there's not necessarily a silver bullet with it. I do think that Newcastle's style of players has been has been cottoned onto a lot more by. Um, by opposition managers, not opposition teams. Um, you know, the, the the break for the for the World Cup allowed other allowed every club to kind of reset and and have a look and, and look at the, look at the way that they wanted to approach games. Um, and Newcastle's patterns of play were, had become quite uh, quite quite obvious in some ways. So that 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 little trio, like you talked about there, Steve, that that, that Bruno, Trippier, yeah, Almirón, worked really really well. You know, you could throw, you know, Sean Longstaff into that as well. You know, and he, in, in that right-hand side was a real source for Newcastle. Um, the left, they know that they're not gonna. You know, you, you look at opposition. If you were an opposition manager, you, you know that Newcastle aren't gonna aren't gonna create anything too much down that left at the minute in terms of overlapping. You know, so you, you've got Kevin Trippier overlapping on the right, um, is is Miggy Tucks inside, and and but you don't have that same on the threat on the left. Um, so I think there part of it is the tactics have been have been found out a, a little bit. Um, I do think as well though that that part of the issue is isn't it just a dip in form um, whether it's tiredness or whether it's just for, um, you know just form just dipping through through natural consequences you know you, you're not going to keep it the same levels every game uh, for a 38 40 game season. so I do think there's a, an element of that coupled with the fact that Newcastle then haven't been able to freshen it up too much because the players um, that, that they have on the fringes aren't necessarily up to the to the right standards or or, or, or whatever it may be um so I think there's a few different factors be, behind it look anyhow and, and Jason Tindall and, and Graham Jones will be'll will be working very very hard diligently on the on the on the training ground. Looking for different things that they can give them that one or two or three percent difference, and I, I think that's all it is really. I I don't think there's there's a lot wrong. We've seen that Newcastle are still creating a few, you know, still creating chances. Maybe it's not as many as good a chances as, as what they were, but they created three or four good chances against Man City. Just didn't take them. So it's we're looking at a kind of three or four percentage difference to to where they were for me. It's just trying to get that 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 extra little percentage out. Trying to maybe bring in a couple of different things that, that might help. And that might be through through different personnel, like Jacob Murphy or a, or a Anthony Gordon or a, um or you know playing Joe Willock in a in a ten role or Alexander Isaac or, or whatever. It might be a slight tactical switch. But I think Eddie House got to be very careful because I, I don't think he would want to be too reactive in and, and think, right. You know we've had a, a bad month. Let's completely rip up what we've done previously, what we've done in the, the, the rest of the season, and, and change tactics and, and go go to a, a completely different formation or, or whatever. I think it just needs to be small tweaks rather than ripping up everything that's uh, that served Newcastle well so far this season.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And Tom, the answer to your question is it depends how many we let go um, as well. You know, will be a few going out the door. Uh, Darren says that we need three quality players bringing in maybe four maximum. And again, it all depends on financial fair play. Len Arnold says, morning lads, I'd stick target back in at left back for Burn uh, as well. Um, any truth in our interest for João Pedro? It's been linked, hasn't it, Ross? It's another one of those for the summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, his name will come up. Newcastle have have obviously been linked very and had a strong interest in them before, and, and they've shown that um, that they're willing to 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 go back to targets that they haven't necessarily got the first time round. They've, they've shown that with Anthony Gordon, with um, with with Sven Botman, the, the, you know, they're, they're quite happy to to go back and be be uh, patient and be persistent. So um, I think he, he'd be another one that 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 probably gets mentioned in the in the summer and he's somebody that there will be there will be continuing to to monitor.
0: Yeah, definitely one for the, the summer chats. I think uh, should we go in for Brendan Johnson of Forest? He's young creative scores goals with a good character. Certainly played well at the weekend.
1: Did yeah exciting young player. Exciting young player. He's come on um he's come on leaps and, leaps and bounds. Um I don't know. I I've not I've not seen enough of him to to know is he is he better than is he better than Miggy Almoron, is he better than um, is he better than ASM? I don't know. Not Anthony Gordon. I've not I've not seen enough of him to, to say. But he's obviously doing he's he's doing very well at Forest at the minute.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely is. Um, again, lots of players will be linked with Newcastle as we know. Uh, when Joe Linton plays on the left, Willock plays and makes things happen. So why, when Maxi plays, do people get on Burns back? How about the left midfielder helps out instead, not just Burn? Um, yeah, you're right again. Mark Todd says, if we get Champions League, gives us the ability to move on as a club to attract and afford better players again. That's the uh, that's the other side of it. And you know, Tom was asking earlier, do you think Bruno, you know, Bruno would leave if we didn't get Champions League? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's ready to sign a new contract. Will we act earlier in the next window? In previous ones, we seem to leave things late on and possibly miss out as a result. We might need to push the board out a bit more, says John. Uh, would you try 442 um I would you know me Tom um I don't think uh, ross's uh, belief of the 442 formation could succeed in this day and age what, what's your views mate?
1: yeah I, I I think it's I think it's a good plan B um I think you know you, you we've seen it working a couple of times as a is a is a definite plan B um I'd stick with 4-3-3 and I, and I think Eddie Howard or an iteration of 4-3-3 three three. I'd maybe, you know, tweak some of the the, the starting positions a, a little bit, but and I think Eddie Howard the, the trouble is that you you have with a with a four four two is that it often you know the, the concern is getting overloaded in that midfield area, that central midfield area. You've got to have two in there. Rafa loved the four four two. You know, Rafa was quite happy with the four four two and managed to coach a team, so it wasn't. Um, it wasn't necessarily outnumbered too heavily in there, so it does have its have its merits. I think it's a good, uh, it's certainly a good plan B.
0: Mm, definitely, it's often the vocal minority that shouts the loudest. That's quite true, mate, as well. Uh, if we miss out on James Madison but got James Ward Prowse, that would be a good sign. And again, James James Ward Prowse, you know, he's he's a talented, talented guy. Um, and it's another one which would cost big bucks, but another one I'd like to see. James Madison, you know, maybe that ship sailed, two windows have gone and we've been linked with him, but no movement whatsoever. So, you know, who knows? Uh, as his contract winds down, it may be more, more of an option. Jordy Tumali says, 4-4-2. Come on, lads. Where is my rattle from the 1970s? <laughs> Tom says, well, what is happening with Rodrigo Vilca? He scored yesterday. It'd be great to have him on the bench one day. Another one willing with Russ. This isn't the transfer issue, guys, but um, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Um, we do need players in. What's your What's your thoughts on him? Would be another good acquisition.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know too. Is, is he not the lad who was in the? Is he the lad who was in the reserves? Is he yeah, the lad who's in 23s? Yeah, yeah. I don't know too much about him to be honest. Um, I've not. I've not seen much of him. I don't. Don't know too much about him. I haven't watched. Much of the air uh, of the the twenty threes or twenty ones whatever they are this these these days I've not seen much of them uh, this season so I don't know if he's uh, if he's if he's any good or not to be honest. Yeah,
0: I've got to be honest. I mean, you know, again the lower levels of this of the squad and the, the team. So the under twenty ones got beat again yesterday five two at home off West Brom. Um, and I mean, you know, yeah, he's, you know, Vilga scored, but. It would suggest to me that we're, we're a million miles away from you know bringing those kind of players into the into the bench under the bench or into the squad.
1: Yeah, you're right. it's it's certainly an area that that Newcastle want to improve. You know, I think that's very very evident under Dan Ashworth. I think he wants to improve that that top end of the the youth setup, the the 18s and the the 21s. Um, we've said it many times before that that Newcastle's production line. Hasn't been good enough for me uh, over years, over the over recent years. Um, it's great. It was great to see it at Wembley. It was great to see you know Sean Longstaff um, starting the game, Elliot Anderson finishing the game. You know that it was really good to see see um, those academy players who've who've, who've come through. But um, I think there's I think there's a long way to go before Newcastle's eighteens and twenty ones can developing the players that, that can then step into into the first team on a on a regular basis. But we hope that that it does. It was you know, talking to Wembley you know um Matty Longstaff was a was a few rows in, in front of me at the game. It was great to, to see see him there we, you know in the in the bar next door to where we were, you know, Lewis Miley and Jamie Miley, the two um two Miley brothers and who 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 were playing in the uh, in the under 18s they were there watching the game uh, where were there before the game and then obviously at Wembley so you know there is some talent that has that has come through and who are who you know it, I think we all would like to see some you know these good young um Geordie players and, you know English lads coming into the team and 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 following in the foot, footsteps of of Paul Dummett and uh, Sean Longstaff and, and Elliot Anderson but we need a few more, and it needs to be—it uh, needs to be an accelerated process because they're—they're they're, they're just not quite ready. You know, you can see that by the results and, and by the performances. They're not quite ready to, to step in yet.
0: Yeah, lads not wanting to go in the Champions League is the equivalent of not going to the League Cup for fear of being beat by Man United. Would you have changed that experience even with losing? I get your point. Uh, and of course not. Of course not. Um, okay, coming towards the end of the show, Newcastle, of course, play Wolves at home this weekend. Sunday, 4 30 kickoff. Prediction by that, Ross, please.
1: Oh, it's a big game. It's a big, big game, this one, Steve. Um uh, Wolves have, have found some form under. Uh, under the new manager Abategi, he, he's he's done he's done a really really good job there. They can uh, they can grind out wins. They can they, you know they've they've pushed themselves out of that um, relegation zone and, and got themselves a little bit of breathing space. So there this you know it's a it's a it's a not an easy game on you know it look it looks you know obviously a lot easier on paper, but it's a team that, that have got some momentum behind them and have have, have picked up some some form, but. That said, it's a game that Newcastle now have to win. It, it, it if they want to to get back and finish this season with some with some strong momentum and qualify for Europe, these are the type of types of games at home against the bottom half team um, that you've got to be got to be looking to win. So I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be nervy. I think it's going to be hard for. But we're going to go for a one nil Newcastle win.
0: Okay. Happy birthday to Hatton Arthur and to Andy Griffin two former entertainers of our parish uh, back in the day Uh, Ross as always absolute pleasure to have you I look forward uh, to having you back next week I'll be back tomorrow night 6 o'clock with Geordie's here Geordie's there look forward to seeing you all then take care see you Ross
1: cheers Steve cheers everyone